Hey, Mariah. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Hustle and Bustle podcast. Uh, before we get started, I did want to give a huge shout out to our Instagram follower, Rita Gutierrez. After hearing our last episode on scandalous celebrity couples, she says, so much scandal with each couple, men creating new religions so they can justify their scandal, mass murders, head, heads chopped off, exploitation of minors. What a thrilling nine minutes. And we are just so glad you liked our, our last episode, Rita. We really hope you like this one, too. So that being said, Mariah, what are we talking about today? Cocaine. <laughs> um, not sure why I said that so happily. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is by no means an exhaustive study. Um, it is just a few things that I found interesting. Um, you know, we can't keep, you know, we can't make it too vast because of time constraints, but hopefully it'll wet your palate enough and uh, make you want to look more into the subject. So cocaine is derived from the coca leaf, which is a plant from South America that the indigenous people around that area have known about and used for thousands of years. They would chew on the plant to get energy. Um, around 1850, European scientists first isolated cocaine from the coca leaf. Uh, once they did this, they started using it in everything. Um, a French chemist named Angelo Mariani actually created a tonic made of wine and coca leaves and touted it to be a health restorer and, and to restore vitality. Um, because of its numbing properties, Carl Kohler, an Austrian ophthalmologist, he used a cocaine solution for cataract surgeries. Prior to this, those surgeries were performed without anesthesia because what they had at the time caused the patients to vomit during surgery. And that's not something that you want. So he was able to uh, create a solution that would numb the area and not, and also prevent excruciating pain during surgery for their, for these patients. Uh, pharmaceutical companies actually began marketing cocaine heavily. Um, they marketed it as a remedy for morphine addicted Civil War soldiers. Uh, they said that it would help cure their morphine addiction, which was sad because it honestly meant that they just traded one addiction for another. They stopped marketing cocaine when their when patients started dying accidentally of overdoses. Um, Sigmund Freud, uh, everybody should know him. He actually experimented with cocaine early in his career. He loved it so much that he wrote a 70 page report on it called Uber Cocaine. He actually struggled with cocaine addiction for about 12 years of his life. Um, but that was because nobody really understood addiction back then. In 1886, John Smith Pemberton created Coca-Cola. And uh, Coca-Cola at the time was made of cocaine and a sugary syrup. It was sold with cocaine in it until about 1903. Other things that had cocaine in it, coca wine, cocaine tablets, lozenges, powders, hair tonics, toothache drops, and teething medicines, and cigarettes. You could buy cocaine in a pharmacy for as low as 25 cents. Um, it was even marketed to children as a cure for shyness. Notable cocaine users, um, other than uh, Sigmund Freud, were Thomas Edison and Jules Verne. Um, you could actually look online and find some of the advertisements still around from cocaine when it was legal. And it actually became illegal in 1914 in the United States. Wow, that's insane. I cannot believe it was marketed to children. And um, although I'm not super surprised about Freud, quite honestly, um, something that I do think that should be a little bit more heavily regulated but isn't um, is social media. And it is a form of an addiction, in my opinion. Now, social media has been um, so ingrained in our culture that it's really easy to forget that it's been around for as long as it has. Um, or, or Sorry, that it hasn't been around um, for very long. 
Um, it's so new that Joseph Rock, um, he's a psychologist, he says that the research is just now emerging on how behavior surrounding social media could be measured um, against standards for being diagnosed as an addiction. That's not one of the pitfalls of social media is that for some, it can really produce that feeling um, that keeps them coming back for more. Um, people get a sense of social well-being, he says. It's as though they're interacting with somebody, like they're interacting with friends. Researchers find that people who are really heavy users develop this tolerance to that feeling that they need that um, in the future they need more and more exposure to get that same effect. One of the recent studies found that um, people using social media platform for long periods of time had the tendency to make riskier decisions. Another study linked heavy social media use with having more physical ailments. Dr. Rock says that it's important to understand that while these studies do not show cause and effect, the results are still worrisome. People who have a tendency to be addictive might also head towards social media as, as well as people who are sedentary. Now, how much is too much? But we don't yet know how much social media is too much. Dr. Rock says that we do know that spending too much time being sedentary is not good for our physical or mental health. And he says, you know, try stopping to see what it feels like. If you can, just for a few days, try stopping cold turkey. If it's really uncomfortable, although keep in mind that breaking any habit does feel weird, but if it's really, really uncomfortable for you, that's not a good sign. Researchers are starting to draw parallels that um, that people may actually be able to form addictions to social media. But because social media is so new, the research is just really starting to scratch the surface. Um, but Dr. Rock is pretty confident that there will be more studies coming out to see and to find out if social media addiction really should be considered a mental disorder. Now, if you are looking to strike a healthier balance between you and social media, here's a couple tips that might help out. Um, you can turn off your personal phone during work, um, school, meals, or recreational activities. You can adjust the settings on each social media app so that you can turn off certain notifications. You can set aside an amount of time dedicated to social media per day. Say you dedicate one hour to, uh, to, so, to any social media per day. You can turn on a little timer to help you keep you accountable for that. Um, you can leave your phone or tablet um, or computer outside your bedroom. Um, you can take up a new hobby that's not technology related, like sports, art, or cooking classes. And you can also make it a point to see your friends and family in person whenever possible and whenever you're not in the pandemic. Um, but really, something that's really important is to take regular breaks from social media. And this can look like anything from taking a break of one day per week to a whole month to an entire season. Um, either way, just let yourself be in control of this decision. You know, after all of this research that we've done, Marat, what are your feelings on addiction? Um, I personally, I think that there isn't a person on this planet that hasn't been touched by addiction, whether it's directly or indirectly. You know, I think we all have like a friend or a family member or a coworker or somebody that is addicted to something. Um, I do think as far as social media, since that was your, your topic, um, I can definitely see how people would get addicted to it. You know, that validation of getting all the likes and approvals um, and all the comments. But it, for me, I would have to say that it's a little bit easier for me to detach from it when it comes to social media, because I didn't grow up with social media. I mean, you and I have an age difference. Um, and don't ask us how old we are. I mean, I'm going to tell you, we, there is an age difference between the two of us. And that's where we're going to leave it. Um so for me, like I didn't really grow up with social media. And so it's a little bit easier for me to just kind of walk away from it. I mean, I have an Instagram account really, and that's it. Um, and I just started using that. 
So, I mean, and I do feel for like, you know, the younger generation of people who are who did grow up with social media being a major part of their lives. Um, I can definitely see the effects that it's taken and the toll it's taken on them. Uh, what about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a little difficult for me being this is the industry that I work in. It is a little bit uh, more difficult for me to take any advice because I do have to do it so often. But on the whole, I, I agree. I think it's funny that you can be both addicted to something that's physical like cocaine and something that's, you know, in your head like social media. But it, it's interesting to me. Um, but either way, we'd love to hear your thoughts, you listener. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and share your thoughts with us. Yeah, um, you're definitely not going to want to miss our next episode also. We'll be dropping hints on Instagram and Twitter. And if you guess those hints correctly, guess what? You get a shout out on our podcast next week. <laughs> That's all for us. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.